to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, your host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who better not be confused with the man who comes on the radio with some useless information. He can't be a man because he don't smoke the same cigarettes as me. Here is my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hey, good day, mates. And you don't smoke cigarettes? No, I'm quoting Jagger. Oh, you can try. You can try. <laughs> uh, all right. So the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music. But as we do at the beginning of each of our podcasts, I'm going to ask you the all-important question. Wayne, what T-shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing my 50th anniversary uh, Rolling Stones T-shirt. Okay. Did you see them uh, for that tour? No, I'm pretty sure this was purchased from Target. <laughs> All right, that, that, that's fine. I have not seen the Stones because I just can't pony up $200 to see, you know, guys who are shells of themselves. Well, not, I mean, they're 70 years old. I'd be like, I don't know. It's just not the same. Like, no. I wish I would have gone to the kingdom in 74 or something, but I'm not going to see a 70-year-old man. Or a group of 70-year-old men. You would have been five. Would you have remembered any of that? Maybe it was 79. I remember I remember the Kingdom show, so maybe it, maybe it was 79. That would have been the Tattoo You? Would that have been the, that, uh, that tour? I think Tattoo You was 81. It would have probably been like... Uh, Some girls? Was that under, Undercover of the Night? No, Undercover of the Night was later. Emotional rescue. I don't. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know where that would have been. All right. Well, you, here you're supposed to be the Stones fan, man. Yeah, seventy nine. Uh, um, uh, black and blue. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'll find out. All right. Well, I'm wearing my 2006 tour shirt for Toad the Wet Sprocket. I saw them in Spokane with my little brother. I was there for a family reunion. It was a great show as always. Matt Nathanson opened for them. And I am super excited for February because I get to see Matt live again. Um, I'll, I'll share more about Matt on my 2018 recap show for Toad. That was my third time seeing them live. I've seen them live three more times since then and also seen Glenn an additional three times solo. Uh, any bands that you've seen five or more times? Well, I, one band I've seen five times. I do want to remark that I did see Toad the Wet Sprocket. The one and only time I saw Toad the Wet Sprocket was with you at the uh, previously mentioned uh, N-Fest. Yes. With the Beastie Boys. Uh, uh, I've seen Motley Crue five times. Okay. So judge me not, but uh, that's I, the one band I've seen. I will, <clears throat> I will not judge you for that. All right. Um, because, that look. There were some there were some good albums back in the day. Now, did you see them on their most recent tour where they kind of had to had to wheel? Uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, not um, the yeah uh, the farewell tour, the final tour. Yes, this I think Mick Mars is almost seventy, yeah. um, and he doesn't really move a lot. He kind of sits kind of up against something. Um, Vince Neil can't sing every word so he's like singing every other word it's uh it's it's not it's they're definitely not what they were previously it's more of a spectacle i saw alice, uh, alice cooper opened up for him so that was okay. it was nice to say I, i've seen alice cooper live and he did a 
he did a great show. All the classics so with all the same, you know, drama that you've always heard or at his shows. It's almost a shtick of itself, but it's still um, uh, a spectacle I think everyone should witness. Right. All right. So uh, usually on our episodes, we talk about, you know, full albums or we go through our top 10 list. However, I've heard from some people that they just can't sit through an hour-long episode uh, or longer. So we've definitely exceeded the over-hour mark on some of our episodes. Actually, most of our ep- actually all of our episodes. And if you haven't listened to the episode that I did about my dad with my brother, I think that one was pushing two hours. And so because of people's short attention spans, and yes, I'm talking to you, Scott Cookson. Uh, We're going to do some shorter episodes to talk about singles and also kind of give a recap of our previous month and give a preview of the upcoming month. So we're going to call these our 45 episodes. Oh, hey, then we could play the Gaslight Anthems uh, 45 song as as the intro. Or or the Elvis Costello song. Either way, I think we're going to stick with our current intro music since it is a neon state. Do you even... do you even do you even know who Neon State is? I do because I listened to the uh, unedited dad ver- uh, dad episode, and uh, that's David's band. That is my brother's band. Yeah. All right. So before we dive into the forty fives, let's chat for a couple minutes. Um, so I recently had a chance to attend a Florida Gators football game at the Swamp, and they started this new trend tradition where um, the crowd now sings Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down at the end of the third quarter. If you're not aware, Tom Petty grew up in Gainesville. They've kind of adopted him as a, as a, as a gator. So just some backstory for the rest of my comments. Uh, it's become a tradition for my wife and I and two other couples to go to the Gators Gamecocks game every other year that they're at the Swamp. One couple, they're Gator fans. Another couple, they're South Carolina alum. My wife is the Gator fan in the the household since her dad is an alum. I'm not an alum of, of the Gators. I just love live football. So I told my friends that my allegiances could be bought with the best looking shirt. And my South Carolina friends bought me the coolest shirt. It just says Cox on the front. Oh, appropriate yeah yeah and uh so the south carolina mascot is a gamecock if you're not aware so i went wearing that t-shirt but i was told by my wife and my my gators friend that when the tom petty song came on that i was not allowed to sing along uh with with it and that i would have to take the gamecock shirt off when that song came on i looked at my wife and my friends and they're yelling at me, trying to tell me that I need to take the shirt off. And I just said, I won't back down. You know, what would have been great is if you had used body paint and put cocks on your chest underneath. And then when you took the shirt off, it still said the same thing. Or, or, or drew little penises on my chest. (laughs) Or a rooster. See, then he wouldn't even have been. Or a rooster. Yeah. But anyways, it was, it was really cool hearing that, that song sung by 60, 70,000 fans. Great tribute to the native son of Gainesville and uh, rest in power, Tom. All right. Let's talk about some feedback from listeners, some follow-up from some of our episodes. 
Um, let's go back to the journey episode. I was, I was told by a few people that we were too hard on the band. I disagree. I disagree. I, I think maybe we were a little harsh, but those side twos, they are just brutal. That is not good stuff. I mean, yeah, I think we gave credit where it was due and we pointed out some, uh, some glaring inadequacies. Yeah. Well, since since then i have i have re-listened to a couple journey songs in the car with uh with the family and um yeah it's still it's still good all right counting crows episode i only got one response from that episode and i think it was you that just said you know long december is a great song that's as true as you can get great great song great song feedback on the u2 episode most of the feedback that i got was about my guest Steve not knowing how to score things. Not only that, I, that was frustrating. What got me is if I was at a show, if I was at a U2 show and Bruce Springsteen showed up at the end, I would know what song he played. I would, that would, I would tell that story every other day and uh, I would relive it in, every time that song. I just, I couldn't understand how he would go. I don't remember what song. The boss comes out at the encore of the U2 show. And you don't remember what they sing? <laughs> killing me. You're killing me, Netta. Steve, I, Steve, I love you. Thank you. It's, I, I was going to have Steve come on another another episode with the, the three of us. And it sounds like you have just laid the gauntlet down where you're like, I, I told you I'm only referring to him as Netta. And I say it just like Jerry Seinfeld says Newman. <laughs> Netta. So, so uh, just some other feedback. Um, I think maybe we need to do a an episode on acting baby for a future episode. No, no? that's my favorite. That's my favorite YouTube yeah. album. I, that's I I cherish that album. That's uh, that that is probably my favorite. Uh, I mean, sentimental reasons. I I love I love Joshua Tree. Um, how about Unforgettable Fire? I uh, you know what I I nothing compares to my love for Octane okay. Baby. That's well well. We'll think about that. We'll uh, we'll put that on the maybe list for 2019. All right. Uh, feedback on the GNR. Um, actually, not really feedback per se, but just kind of a follow up. So Slash was recently on Mark Marin's podcast. I thought that was a really good, uh, really good interview. You might want to go go check that out. Uh, he's got a new album out. I uh, listened to that this week. It's uh, definitely a, a kind of a throwback it feels like an early 90s record um you know he he does this with miles kennedy as as the lead vocal he's no axel but he's not bad uh you you had a chance to to listen to slash's new album no i i do like miles kennedy's uh voice i actually i can't remember it was a couple three four years ago he did one where kind of everybody he kind of took different lead singers. I think Ian Ashbury was on there and Ozzy. Oh, that's and right. Yeah. Possibly, I think Kid Rock. And that's that first, uh, I think anybody kind of heard of Miles Kennedy. Yeah. He was on there too. So that we, we just released that one. Um, so I haven't heard any major feedback on that one. And, and I just posted the, the episode that I did with my brother about uh, songs that remind me of dad. Just posted that. So, so, no no feedback yet i have a feeling that some people are going to take a look at how long the episode is and probably just say yeah no 
it's definitely going to involve the morning and the afternoon commute. It was, uh, I, I, I thought it was a great episode. I liked, uh, I know when I made a list of songs that remind me of my dad, I, I, I kind of focus on the words of the song and I like David's approach, which was, um, songs that he remembers hearing in that truck on the way to the farm. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And like I say, I was, I felt honored to be called your brother and, uh, I, I loved your uh, the the honesty with which you uh, discussed your family. I, I, I it was it's a great episode. It is definitely my most personal one, um, and uh, yeah, I would just throw that out there for anybody who sees it that it's two hours long. There's some good stuff on there, and it and it is definitely a it's a celebration of my dad. By the and I will I just want to say this. Uh, Don Montgomery is the only one who ever criticized the way I shovel shit. Uh, and I know and you, I'm sure you've seen that look on his face. He came out there after I just spent hours in the rain shoveling horse manure and hay out of the back of a pickup truck. And he kind of just looked and he kind of shook his head. And then he started to tell me how that's not exactly what he, he, he had meant. And I pointed out some of my inadequacies and in the uh, evenness of the spreading and I, I humbling. Nothing is more humbling than being told that you can't shovel shit correctly, <laughs> and that you need to you need to redo it. And 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 in honor of Don Montgomery, I absolutely redid it. And when he came out the second time, he was I don't know if he was impressed, but at least it was good enough to get me out of the rain and go take there a shower. And I feel like I'm a better man for it. So I'll, I'll tip of the hat to old Don Montgomery. <laughs> you know, and that's you know over the years I've had other people tell me they really learned work ethic by working for my dad. So, so that's, that's a, that's, that's a fun little memory to share. I appreciate that. <laughs> and then lastly, some upcoming episodes, we've got some Christmas stuff. I uh, did an episode with a friend, um, Adam Teagues. Did, and I didn't realize that you wanted to be a part of that episode. Like, uh, Originally, you told me when we first started doing this podcast that so you're like, I don't want to be on every episode. I didn't know that my love for podcasting would, would grow to the All level. Right. It well, has. we will not make that mistake again. So um, I will I will throw that throw that bone to you every time we uh, we want to tackle a different topic. So um, the one thing I will say about the Christmas episode. So I've been saying the wrong title for the album that we're going to talk about next week. So it's not very Merry Christmas. It's actually called A Very Special Christmas. The special is because it was an album designed to raise money for Special Olympics. So I totally took the whole reason for that album out of our tease. And so for that, I feel very bad. Yeah, well, it also made it hard for the guy doing research on it to find it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that didn't help. A couple things also. So we've done very little to promote the podcast um and and i and i rarely even tease that during the during the episodes that you can find us on our facebook page if you just look for records revisited podcast you can find us we're also on instagram wayne and i are both on instagram and occasionally we'll use the hashtag records revisited podcast i've only got one review on itunes and i think come first of the year we'll we'll try a little bit better to promote us now that i I think we're committed to this thing now. Uh, we're, we're, this is like the mafia. We are in too deep. 
we know too much. I think we are in too deep. Um, and if you and if you're listening and you haven't either given us a review on iTunes or signed up for the Facebook page, please do so. I do. I do uh, update the Facebook page occasionally. There's a lot of links to some stupid YouTube videos that we've posted. So yeah, please, please go out and promote us as well. Also, if anyone wants to send us t-shirts, as you know, at the beginning of our podcast, we always talk about what t-shirt are you wearing? If you send us t-shirts, we're going to wear them. So if you want to promote your business, promote your favorite band, or if you're a musician, promote your band, um, whatever, we'll wear the t-shirts and, um, you know, send, send them our way, uh, message me, message me on Facebook, um, or shoot me a text. If you're a good friend, are you, uh, are you close to wearing a t-shirt over again in, in some episodes? <clears throat> Not at all. This podcast has actually got me buying shirts just for, just to wear on the podcast. Like, like the, the replacements t-shirt. And Barsuk Records. And yeah. Barsuk Records. There you go. And I hope that you've at least washed the shirt since we've recorded those episodes. Yes, since then. Okay. So let's talk about our singles of the month. Wayne, what is your pick? Oh, and let me just back up. So when we talk about the singles of the month, we're, we are talking about the 45 records. So we're not only going to talk about the A-sides, but we're also going to talk about the B-sides as well. So... What is your, what's your 45? I chose what I consider to be the most important song in rock and roll. It is I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. So this was uh, this came on the Out of Our Heads record. Uh, the single was released June 6, 1965. It spent 14 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. Four of those weeks at number one. It was the first time the Stones ever reached number one. Ma- Rolling Stone magazine placed it at number two on the list of 500 greatest songs of all time uh, behind Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. Um, I in my opinion, this song is only slightly more important than Johnny Be Good. Um, I think there's a, a, I look at it like a, in a, as a rock and roll butterfly effect. What would have happened? Where would we be if, if this song hadn't been created? Um, it's, it's got the staples of rock and roll and sexually suggestive. Um, they didn't want to play it in Britain. Um, it's got anti-commercialism. Uh, it, it, the original uh, Gibson Maestro fuzz box is where that riff is played out. The most known riff in the history of music. Um, it was supposed to hold the place for horns. They wanted to redo it with horns. Andrew Luke Oldman and the rest of the band said, we're not, not changing this at all. Um, and the Gibson Maestro fuzz box sold out that nearly immediately after the song came out, they, they, they couldn't keep them on the shelves. 
and just because of this song. Absolutely. Just yeah. because of this song. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Great song uh, to, to your point and to Rolling Stones point, one of the, the most recognized, uh, one of the most recognized songs out there. You know, I, I trolled you a little bit when you told me what, uh, what song you were going to pick. And I said, <laughs> Rolling Stones version or Devo's. And you know, it's, there's, I actually looked at a list of the, I think it was called the 50 best covers of satisfaction. And most of them were obscure that I'd never heard of, but at the top were the two that I always think of, which is Otis Redding and Devo. And I like that both those artists put their own spin on it. I mean, right. it's hard to be hard to beat Otis Redding at anything, but uh, Devo, I thought there's, I mean, cause Devo couldn't do it like anybody but Devo and they they did Satisfaction just like like it was a song they wrote and I I loved it. I love both those versions. All right, so tell me about the B-side. And the B-side's clearly lesser known songs in America it was the Under Assistant West Coast Promotion Man um, which is a great I I liked it. I've always liked that song. I don't know if it's because of the the long-winded blowhardy title reminds me of you or the, <laughs> the, the, it's a, it's a great blues song. I mean, it's uh, that's what the Rolling Stones were originally. This was in, in England at the time in the early sixties, late fifties, anything that was American blues, they, they wanted to, they wanted to sing. And this is their version of that. And uh, it's got a great uh, harmonica solo by Brian Jones in it. Um, had the spider and the fly as the b-side yeah and and i originally told you that i didn't really like under assistant west coast promotion man i, I did listen to it a couple more times and it kind of grew on me um and and to your point on the on the harmonica solo part of the reason why i love my local band thomas Wynn and the believers is because of the because of the harmonica solos uh they've they've got a multi-instrument instrumentalist on the on the uh on the lineup and he just he he kicks it kicks it on the harmonica so i i i love it um i i do like the uk version the spider and the fly other than i i started listening to the words a little bit more and it's it's totally a a song that i don't know did do you do you read into the song where it's like um almost kind of giving Mick an okay to step out. <laughs> and it was, it's a song that I, I guess when it comes on, I don't pay a lot of attention to it. Yeah. Um, it has that, 
there's a couple of songs he does where he's kind of got that weird, creepy voice, um, which I, I don't, I don't care for as much, but it just kind of creeps me out. It feels improv-y. Yeah, it, ha- it does have a, 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 you know, a feel of like last minute, like we're going to, let's just do something real quick. But yeah, I've, it's one of those songs that I've never been super fond of. And like say, he has that, that creepy, it just has a kind of a different uh, cadence in his voice that just is off-putting. All right, so let's move over to my 45 of the month. So this just is going to show how diverse our podcast is. Because my pick of the month is the Pet Shop Boys West End Girls. Sometimes you're better off dead. There's a gun in your hand that's pointing at your head. You think you're mad, too unstable. Kicking in chairs and knocking down tables in a restaurant in a West End town. Call the police, there's a madman around. Running down underground to a dive bar in a West End town. In a West End town, a dead end world. This is the I, I this is the first song I ever heard from the Pet Shop Boys. I heard it while you played it, um, and this this is a great song. Yeah, I played the crap out of this 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 album. Um, little background story: so Neil Tennant, who is the lead singer, um, he was an assistant editor at Smash Hits, which I guess is a UK you know music periodical. He was sent to New York to interview the police and he sought out producer Bobby Orlando who um, produced all a bunch of different club type hits. I didn't really know Bobby Orlando stuff. Go check out the flirts. There's a song called passion, which I guess was, a, was a, a song that Neil Tennant really liked. They ended up recording some songs with, with Orlando, including West end girls, they also they also recorded "It's a Sin" um, and "One More Chance." You know, "One More Chance" and "It's a Sin." Those didn't even become part of the first album. They would find themselves on the sophomore album. Actually, Pet Shop Boys, when they they originally recorded this in '84, the the B side was a song called "We Are the Pet Shop Boys." Can't find that on Spotify. I did find somebody who. Um, who created a fan video and posted that on YouTube. It's not great, but the one thing of note on that, the, that uh, song has the line of, what have I done to deserve this? <laughs> and that, that of course, finds itself as a song on their second album with Dusty Springfield. Back to West End Girls. Um, this was a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100 in 86. Uh, the first version was recorded in 84, re-recorded for the, um, for the album, please. 
and that was recorded with new wave heavy heavy producer uh steven Hegg. song won best single at the brit awards and the b-side of this is also a really good song called a man could get arrested um i'll play a little little snippet of that as well Westing Girls, uh, this is a, a song that uh, Tennant said was inspired by watching a gangster film. He was going to go to sleep, but he came up with a line, sometimes you're better off dead. There's a gun in your hand, and it's pointing at your head. Um, and again, just a really great, great, uh, great song. He would later say that some listeners had assumed that the song referred to prostitutes, but it, he said it was actually about, quote, about rough boys getting a bit of posh, which I have no idea what that means. And I can't believe that because um, the East End is uh, was always no, the, the rough side of town in London. That's where the gangsters, that's where the bad, you know, that's where the poor people were. And the West End is where the rich people live. So the West End girls, that's that's the good girls. That's the rich girls. Oh, so so posh spice. Oh, uh, okay. Now I'm now I'm putting those two together. I'm I'm see. I'm glad you're here to explain all this stuff to me. Let's uh let's let's wrap this up. We're uh, I think we're just shy of thirty minutes on this one. So for everybody who wanted shorter episodes, you're welcome. For you, Scott Cookson. That's it. So, been a pleasure revisiting with you. Oh, as always. All right. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. Not not quite as not quite as bad as the whistling for uh, the junior oh. episode. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny is my my uh, son-in-law said because I knew he had listened to the episode because he said, remember I told you that he was the one that that like he thought some no effects song was the best. Yes. So all all of a sudden out of nowhere I get a I get a link to a YouTube video for the song's called The Decline. Okay. And so I I watch the video and then I text him back. It's no Paradise City. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, he said, he goes, that whistling thing killed me. <laughs> I was like, That's why I had to leave it in. I couldn't edit that out. I couldn't. Oh, I love my line. That's worse than I thought it was going to be. And I thought it was going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We're out. Out. <laughs>